Frank, good morning. Guten Morgen, Brad. How are you? I am very well today. How are you? Oh, wonderful. I can't uh, wait for us to get started today on our second season, uh, excuse me, second season, second episode uh, on leadership aspects. Today we got an exciting one too. Maybe, maybe right. a little bit unusual. Well, I think so, because what um, we were talking about and I, we want to explore and unpack a little bit is this concept of leading with compassion. A lot of the time when we've done our leadership Real Talk series, we've talked about, you know, leading with results and relationships and we've touched on the two, but we've never really dived into the idea of leaders with compassion. And I thought it would be worth trying to unpick a little bit from our experiences what really strong leaders do, which is they get that balance right. They're able to truly lead with compassion. And when you lead with compassion, you're able to create in your team both a loyalty, a sense of belonging, and also a greater commitment to the team. And I thought maybe we could find a way of seeing from our own experiences where we've seen leaders lead with compassion. And I'll throw a question out straight away to you uh, before I kind of take it a little bit further. How do you feel when you've needed a leader to show you compassion and they don't? And they're not giving it? Yeah. I, you feel a little bit lost, right? Because in the moment you need compassion, um, that's a very deep need. You know, it's not something you go like, can you give it to me? No. Okay. I'm going to move on. It's, it's not like that. It's usually something when you need compassion, you're in a moment where you're either hurt or very stressed or you know, something like that. It's a very emotional state. And having that denied, you know, would leave me at a loss about how do I deal with the situation now? You know, I, I need something to give at this point. And um, ideally through compassion, compassion also gives strength, I believe. If somebody, if you show me compassion in the moment that I need it, somehow that can be a pillar of support in the situation. You will make me feel loved in a way if you, the moment you give me compassion. And I'll never forget that. This for me is the important bit, that last line. You don't forget it. Because we only ask for compassion or need compassion in our darkest moments. So as leaders, it's great when we celebrate the good times and maybe we give feedback when it's not going so well with performance. But when our people need us, if we're able to lead from the heart, to lead with that love that you talk about, and, and this is not language that is used regularly in the leadership space. You know, we talked last time, didn't we, about that leader shift and for me, this is another one of those shifts leaders can make to lead from the heart without worrying or being fearful that somehow it exposes them or makes them feel vulnerable or perhaps they come across a little weaker. And I can think of one leader um, who works for a, a tech organization and everything that's been happening with, with COVID they're talking now about coming back to the office. And obviously there's risk attached to that and there's psychological safety that needs to happen. And this leader's instinct is with compassion, to lead with compassion. 
So his HR team came to him and was like, so what are you going to be doing to get people back into the office? And he was like, whoa, hang on a minute. <laughs> First of all, I'm not telling everybody they have to come back into the office. <laughs> and then what he did was he called a team meeting of his whole office. He got everyone around the table and he put this question to them. He said, the business is now interested in how we come back to work. I want to know from you guys, what will make you feel safe and what you guys want moving forward. And he didn't say anything else for the whole meeting. He just made notes. And the feedback, Frank, he got after this meeting was exceptional. People writing to him, literally everyone in the team, thanking him for thinking of them, thanking him for putting their, their feelings first, thanking him for appreciating the space that they're in and wanting to create safety for them. This is leading with compassion. It's not about leading for yourself. It's not leading with the business in mind. It's leading with the team member's heart at mind. And I thought it was a perfect example of what leading with compassion looks like because we're all a little in a different space now, aren't we? After sort of, you know, COVID is starting to kind of get slower. Um, and I know we have spikes around the world but that I think is what it's going to be like now. So this idea of leading with compassion for me is something that really resonates and makes me think, wow, if I lead and I lead with compassion, I create in my team loyalty, engagement and belonging. And that seems like a very powerful triad of qualities to embed within a team. Yes, it's so true, Brad. Um, I was just thinking while you were explaining this, that even for the more results-oriented leaders that are not so naturally inclined to think about how others feel or maybe not so curious about them um, at that, you know, even for those, you just have to realize that it's never you who brings all the results. It's always the team that you're leading. Without them, you'll be pretty much nothing. Even a results-oriented leader knows that. Um, they may not want to admit it, but they know it. And uh, so, so what you want is that they're always at their best. That they're always, when the situation requires it, are going the extra mile. Every business has some difficult situations. It doesn't always have to be a virus crisis. It can be anything. And people are willing to give that in a reciprocal way. So it's, it's a bit, even on, the simplest, in, on the simplest terms, it's a gift to get dynamic. You give compassion, you give kindness, you give guidance and all these other things as well. But that makes people feel good, it makes them feel safe, it makes them feel understood. So the next time you go into a situation where a timeline is incredibly short or a deal is at risk or whatever the situation is, if you have been a good leader in this sense, then you don't even have to ask your team to stand in, even going you know, beyond what's normal. They're just going to do it because they know you, they do the same for them. It is that dynamic. And I believe that it is um, imperative nowadays. People now expect also leaders to be uh, compassionate 
um, to lead with kindness. Uh, that's a term that actually I would uh, use um, even more than com compassion. Leading with kindness and they're willing to pay it back when the situation requires it. Yeah, it's, it's the law, you're right, it's the law of reciprocity, right? Um, I'm not giving to receive, but if I give, I will receive. Yeah, yeah, you have to do this with the mindset. You always have to give without an expectation of getting anything in return. People feel if you have an agenda about your giving, right? And, um, and gladly they feel it because it's false somehow. You need to give because you think it's the right thing to do. And when that happens, it maybe not directly, uh, but you'll get it back, often tenfold. But Frank, I think there's an interesting point here because what it requires from leaders, from what I observe, both in leaders I work with and in myself, in my own practice, is it requires us to stop being selfish and thinking of ourselves and thinking of that deadline or that deal that needs to be done or the numbers that I need to produce for the board or the C-level. Um, I've got to genuinely be thinking of others, focusing my attention, not on me, but on other people. And that's not always as easy as it sounds uh, to say. I'll tell you what, I actually think it's not a, um, these two things, thinking about bringing the results, um, being responsible for what you have to do as a leader in the department that you lead or something like that. Um, and being kind and compassionate to others, they're not two things that are um, you know, opposed to each other. In fact, you are going to be delivering more easily, more consistently, more crisis resilient if you take care of leading with compassion and kindness, right? That's, I, I think it's a prerequisite. You know, the only other alternative would be in case you really need to because you always, it never stops that you're responsible for driving whatever results you're responsible for. That doesn't stop. And to a certain degree, also a company will not have, you know, how do I say, they will not be very happy if you're overly compassionate and don't deliver at all. So you have to strike a balance there, of course. Yeah, you know? for sure. But the thing is, the only alternative, if you never took care about uh, how other people how you make other people feel the moment you need it the only alternative will be to lead with uh, positional authority with pressure with uh, with fear and these kind of things and that's going to pay back also but in a very dark way for you right and you know I think it was Maya Angelou who said you know people don't remember uh, what you said to them they remember how you treated them Precisely. And right, compassionate leaders are really those that lead, if I'm hearing you correct, they lead from within. They have that ability, don't they, to inspire others through encouragement, empowerment, enablement. And when you treat people with compassion, kindness, they, they never forget. You, you cultivate a team who want to work for you, not because of what you do, but because of who you are, that's so powerful. That's right. I mean, look, um, some of us have a calling for what they do. They really love their job. They give everything. Now, they may lead a team of 20, 30 people, and not everybody will share that same sentiment um, about work. They, m most of the time, or let's a lot of them, just have a job. 
they are willing to work their eight hours, but but that's it. And that's that's fair enough. But in order to drive people to want to do more, you need to somehow make sure that they feel appreciated. And as a human being, and as and as part of that, leading with kindness is so important because if you do not do that people will just continue to feel they are just in a job they're doing things for money they never do anything for you but sometimes they you need them to do something for you i think this is really important i'm even making a note to 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 reference a little bit later because i think this kindness piece links to me for how we can build a really collaborative culture through compassion. Because if you have concern for everyone, then you invite the whole team to kind of share in the goals. You, you get the whole team to help create actions that are needed to achieve goals. You create an environment where everyone collaborates by sharing ideas, operating, you know, offering like uh, creative solutions to things. And this is how organizations thrive, right? Uh, I think where leadership excels is when we're able to create a collaborative culture because of the compassion we show, not just by listening, not just through kindness, but actually through creating collaboration by encouraging and empowering everyone to be involved. And you do that by making people believe they want to be part of what you're selling. And you know what's even more beautiful? <laughs> it's, uh, the, the magic is in the word culture. If you as a leader display kindness as your default approach to people <clears throat> at one point even the inside inside the team people among each other in your team are going to treat each other with kindness because that's the role model that you've been that you've been showing and, and that everybody knows it made me feel good i can also be kind to someone else that's the kind of culture that we have and all of a sudden it's not even just you who needs to be helping your team also the team will help uh, each other i've seen that happening uh, often enough to know it's true and do you think then that if leadership is about compassion and it's about having that ability to kind of relate and connect with people for the the purpose of inspiring and empowering them what can leaders do if they are driven by results they're not someone who naturally defaults to a caring side. They're, they're not brilliant at investing their time in others. They like to get things done, high achievement, motivationally driven by accomplishments. What would you say to those leaders that are, are trying to find more of a, a balance? What, what can they do? So if they're trying to find more of a balance, and I would assume that they already have an awareness that they're kind of leaving money on the table by not having a team that's supporting them to 110% of their ability. Mm. I think otherwise, if you don't have that problem, maybe you don't even ask yourself that question. That's already great. If somebody says, I realize I'm a very you know, directive leader and I have actually never really displayed curiosity about how everybody else is feeling and people on my team, um, that's, that's great. And actually from there, you already have there, don't you agree? The moment you realize that's something that um, you're, you're missing, 
uh, you'll start to you know uh, listen more you start to be curious genuinely curious about the other person and from there i think you see um the humanity in everyone else so they're not just a headcount that does something you see the humanity and the moment we see humanity in someone it compels us to um to action it compels us to not only see someone as human it compels us to also treat them as human i don't think we can do it any anywhere else so i think there are, these people will already be on the journey much harder is for people who just don't um, understand this yet that they're um, that they'll be more effective if they the default approach to people would be treating them with kindness and my i think the easiest way to explain it it would be really from a logical perspective and saying you yeah, actually i don't really like that term in this context but you're leaving money on the table because you will have to bring so much energy into making everything work and what if you could find a way that everything works on its own more or less and i think this maybe this opens up to curiosity to exploring the subject a little bit more but then brad <clears throat> don't you think that leading with compassion and kindness can also go too far when is this you know everything everything that's great also you can overdo it or underdo it so what do you think well you know we, we we've talked before haven't we about tilting out of balance and aristotle's golden mean will always say if you overuse something you're underusing in another area and i know of leaders i've experienced it myself where they are overtly compassionate and kind. They give their people lots of engagement, lots of care, lots of encouragement. And actually some people will take advantage of that. And then this puts the leader on the back foot because it undermines compassion and it makes it something that the team are leveraging against you rather than working for you. So it's actually then seen maybe a little bit as a weakness and I feel that this goes to the point of why a lot of leaders don't feel comfortable leading with compassion and kindness because they, they sense it will be abused. That's a very good point. I never thought about it this way, but yes, you might actually be right that uh, for some people it is uh, a scary thing um, to go into this dimension um, because they, maybe they're afraid it's going to be abused, yes. And it, it, it is going to be abused. You'll always find one or the other person who is just going to, you know, ask too much of you. And that's, that's of course, you know, for some leaders a hard moment to manage. But on the other hand side, the assertiveness is important because you still don't, don't forget the leader still is responsible for the results of the department or the team. So you have to show the results not just even for your own sake, also your team suffers if the results are not coming. It's always like that, even if at least indirectly. Let me say one last thing. I have an uncle who uh, is um, a lawyer and he once said to me in, in his trade, he has this mantra of um, always speak with kindness, but always be assertive at the same time. So I think he meant relentless, but in any case, for, for, for our purpose, 
for our lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. But first, I mean, there's some truth to it, of course. Um, show, being kind, showing compassion when needed, giving people space and room to sort out whatever you know private things are on their mind that that stops them from being their full self at work. Um, this all makes sense, but you need to also be clear and say, I'm going to give you this space or I'm going to give you this help or this support. But remember that as a part of this team, you also have an obligation to not let the rest of the team down. So you need to find a way to either come back to your work in a certain amount of time or um, deliver certain things, or at least raise a hand when you're still not quite there and you need help and these kind of things. So you don't want to be the permissive leader that lets just everything slip, right? No, because you need to get commitment from, from people to do things. Yes. I think there's a secondary challenge that sits behind this as well for maybe executives in business, for the C-suite of leaders. Because, and you've worked at the highest level in uh, corporates uh, for years, right? And how many times were you asked by a C-level leader, hey, Frank, how many uh, caring conversations have you had this week? Oh, God. Uh, actually, but maybe this is unusual. The company where I've spent the, the last decade, really, uh, with them, that was baked in the culture. Mm. So, um, but I would reckon that in many other companies, that's not a topic that's actually driven on a day-to-day -day basis by C-level leaders. Because it's not measured. Yeah. And until it's genuinely measured, so where you worked, you had a culture of that, that openness, that humanity was important. But if it doesn't sit high on the values of the organization and managers and leaders aren't being asked, what they're normally being asked is, how are you doing against the target? How are you doing against the number? How are you doing against the, the goals and the actions and the strategy? Yeah. And that doesn't relate to, well, I had a really good conversation with my team member whose uh, uncle is really ill. Hmm. Okay, how does that help us get results? Well, yeah. it doesn't help us get results today, <laughs> but it will later. And I think this idea of giving people the space to feel comfortable to create this environment where we lead with love, with kindness and compassion. I think what you're really doing for me is you're, you're tipping one of the core elements of sort of collective leadership, which is humanity. And it's not just about results. It's a set of scales. And on one side of the scale, it says results. And on the other side of the scale, it says relationships. And you've described the people who are kind of, you know, a little bit abused with it. They're a little bit more on the relationship side. And the people who are a bit more results focused need to come into balance with the relationship piece. And I think if we're able to kind of create for ourselves a confidence in how we engage with people, how we create that kind of collaborative culture, that openness, and maybe most importantly, from a, a modeling behavior perspective, in order to lead with compassion and kindness, but with assertiveness, we need to be positive. We need to have that image of positivity where what we're saying actually is generally positive you know it's important for leaders to be able to empower and motivate we know that but perhaps one of the best ways to accomplish that is is simply 
to be a genuinely positive person. It's contagious. Right, because I get so frustrated if I, if I take an idea to someone and like, before I've even finished the idea, they're like, oh, that's not going to work. You know, when you can develop a real positive mental attitude, be the kind of leader who always has something positive to say, you make people feel comfortable around you. And for me, that secures enough to tell me anything that they need to say. And that's how you create this environment of being able, in my mind anyway, to be compassionate. And, and it, it lands on humanity. And when you were sharing the story of your uh, lawyer uncle, which I think is great, um, I've shared before, you know, little sayings that my mum used when I was growing up. And another one she always used to say to me was, um, so she always calls me Bradley, right? You must never call me Bradley. <laughs> I, uh, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> if you call me Bradley, I'll stop recording the podcast. Um, so she would call me Bradley. And she would always say, Bradley, you must say what you mean, mean what you say, but never be mean with what you say. And this, to me, is the same as what your uncle is saying. It's yes. being yeah, you're right. and kind. Mm -hmm. That's correct. That's, that's absolutely true. Right. I want to add an aspect to what you said earlier. I think it's important. Um, so I know you were talking about compassion and results as a thing on, on two scales. When one is too strong, the other one is impacted. But in, and it's true, but I think it's more true on a, on a short-term aspect. If you take a longer-term view, um, what actually happens is if you have been in the past leading with kindness and compassion and through that also have built a team that feels really good in their job, that is you know, somehow also willing to help you back. I had moments in my career where I was not at my best or I was not available or I was ill or something like that. Um, where the, still, the results still had to come in. And my team is willingly was just jumping in for me, in which way I, meaning actually me and the team, mm -hmm. have still been able to bring the results. It was no longer so important for me in some of those moments to actually be available. You know what I mean? So that's why I think... You know, this, this leading with compassion and kindness and results, they're actually way more connected than we think. On, 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 on a short term, that's true. When you say, okay, I'm too permissive. Uh, some people may be abusing that and so on. But on, on, on a longer time scale, they're actually incredibly connected in, in, in a way that they help each other. I, I think you're right. I think you're onto something here because what you highlight for me is the need to be completely authentic with a long-term vision of what your, your leadership style is. And, and we're talking about leadership style here. Yes, yeah. Um, this isn't about, you know, you going in and you've had a little bit of pressure from above. So you come in and you say to the team, hey guys, we need to focus on this this week. No, it's about over the long term, when people describe my leadership, what do they say? And I think this is a really good question for any leaders listening to this mm -hmm. to go out to their team and, and ask them, 
you know, for like adjectives that describe their leadership style? Would compassion, would kindness, would humanity come up? Yeah. Because if it doesn't come up in like the first three words that people would use to describe, then I think we're probably able to say it's more of a short term skill that you're leveraging. But if it comes up as one of those first three words, oh, yes, when I deal with Brad, he's, he's a really compassionate leader. Ah, okay. Then yeah. this is that long-term style that you talk about. And yeah. I think you can only do that, you can only show that if you genuinely care about people. Yeah, that's right. I've met someone the other day who says, I admit that i actually not so interested. I'm not curious about uh, other people. Right. I'm wondering, um, apparently there's an awareness because otherwise they wouldn't even ask themselves that question. Perhaps, yes. But I'm wondering, it's going to be just a lot harder at least for a while. Maybe it's, maybe it's also like a muscle that you can train. Um, I'm not sure. But uh, I think you can definitely get better at it even if it's not 100% natural for you. Uh, I... I... I know you're right. Uh, I believe, again, you, you touched on something here because for me, compassionate leadership recognizes that every single team member is a significant individual. So my job over the long term is to really, is to strive to enhance their happiness, their well-being, um, supporting them, giving them what they need to excel. So compassionate leadership can't be focused on the short term or on, you know, in, in resilience terms, we talk of instant gratification. It's focused on what's best long term for that individual, long term for the organization, and probably a whole other collection of other factors that, that may influence the impact of, of any given situation. Um, but my sense is that it's becoming more and more essential for leaders to operate from a point of compassion, kindness, and humanity, because that's what's going to make them and their teams strong. I don't know if that resonates when, uh, when I say that. It does, and to be honest, I think it's a wonderful summary for what we've been talking about. That's the learning. Yeah. Maybe we've reached a, a natural pause point for today's topic, Frank. It sounds like it's enough to think about for everyone. I love it. I can't <laughs> wait for the next episode. We'll unpack something else next week. Likewise. Brilliant. Yeah. Thanks, Frank.